What's up everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Tier 1 Podcast. Today on the show I'm joined by Howney Candini, who is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt and the owner of Gracie Baja Townsville, where I train for two weeks-ish, about a week and a half, two weeks, uh, earlier this year. And he welcomed me with really open arms, like as a part of his family really, it was, it was awesome to see and, and train, but didn't, didn't ask for a cent. Um, got there at a really cool time because they were just opening up their new location and it's a well one of the nicest gyms I've ever seen it's beautiful open space and Annie's a great teacher so I'm sure they'll do really well there as always if you enjoy the show head over to iTunes and leave us a review and remember you can get the show now on Spotify and also on the Tin and DS website so wherever you get it let me know on Facebook what you thought and here is Annie Okay, howdy. Welcome to the Tier 1 Podcast. Good morning, Tim. Yeah, good morning. We um, we tried to get this sorted yesterday for people that were listening, but then uh, yeah. he's a very busy man and uh, <laughs> we got a bit distracted. Hoping so. not for long. Yeah, doing radio interviews and everything. Um, we're sitting in newly opened Gracie Baja Townsville. We opened yesterday. Yeah. yeah that's yesterday for the first official class. I think it was pretty good. It was pretty good for the first class. We have uh, four kids total at uh, the kids' class. 31 on fundamentals. Yeah, it was a big class, wasn't it? it was good. And 12 on advanced. Yeah, it was nice because even though we had, you know, that for me, it's like, that's a big class from where, like, where I'm from at Gracie Bar Harrogate. But because of the space here, it didn't really feel like you were crowded or there was like you're gonna bump into people it was yeah that was pretty i think that's the the number where it's 16 16 pairs yeah where you can do your things without hit people i think above 40 50 yeah it worked out well. a little bit like mm. no it was a good class and then had what what how long were those rounds it felt like they went on forever i was dying so <laughs> i like to do we have this pattern it's 16 16 14 10 and then the last one is 17. Ooh, so how long is that total of sparring? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, we keep, the guys just keep sparring, we keep sparring. I'm definitely we, done after that second 16 one. <laughs> and to be honest, I was done after the first first 16. No, <laughs> we just be clinging on. No, yesterday we, we did like 16, six. Yeah, because I, I shouted out for a nice <laughs> six minute round. Yeah, and then we go for 16, 16. Oh, and man. then the guys just puffing and then like that's fine what yeah. i like to do is i like long rounds because people pick their partners yeah so they they pick the partners where the fight is pretty even so they can develop the technique mm. what i tell them is you don't need to pick the partner you you beat all the time you need to pick the partner the match is always like you know even yeah because then you 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 force to do the technique. You guys both will be really tired, and then you need to do the technique. Mm, yeah, it's like long sparring to get the cardio up. But as the comps coming close, I cut. Okay. I cut the time. So you're working more in like the zone of like yeah. the intensity you need to do yeah. for a six like ten minute round, right? So like, let's suppose three weeks for the comp. You'll be long sparring, long sparring. The middle week, you'll be just like. Three minutes is fine. Three minutes go like almost a shark thing. 
three minutes go, three minutes go, and then I put like a set, three minutes. You pick the closest one, go, 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 right. go. Yeah. No stop, no stop. That's when you guys get done. The last, the last week, six, seven minutes. The minutes that you're gonna be on the fight. Okay. Yeah. So you like almost like like a fight coming in a way with how mm. you like making them fast to do all the technique at first, and then as it goes, you building up the intensity until they're working exactly in that the time that they're doing. Yeah. Because what I, what I felt like when you're training, when you're training, you don't feel the the intensity of a comp. Right. Yeah. So the intensity of a comp, you're gonna get on three minutes fight, four minutes fight. What I tell you, you need to submit. You have four minutes to submit someone. If you submit, you stand push-ups. You know, if the guy gets submit, sorry, yeah. stand push-ups. And then the guys don't want to get submit. Mm. And then they force each other. And they know the round is almost finished. And yeah. they get intense because they get destroyed. The muscle, there is no recover. And we go for as long as we can. As long as, as, long as we can. Yeah. Something that I saw that was quite cool um, being done when I was in Bali at the Bali MMA, they... In one of the classes, or some of the classes, they would do, oh, one of the instructors would have two people spar, and the rest of the club would just watch on the outskirts. And it kind of felt the same way it feels when you're in a competition, you've got yeah. everyone watching you and stuff. I, I think that would probably help as well. Um, Andrew, who I was interviewing, was one of the other coaches who was like, a, he wasn't too keen on it, it seemed, but he definitely agreed that it helps having or being experienced and having someone watching you like that. I, I do, I do that a lot with kids. Yeah. With yeah. kids, we have all the parents here and then you put like right on the middle, two kids is fine. Or they, they want them to feel the pressure yeah. and get comfortable with. Right. Adults, when I try to do that, they, they shut down because when they lose, they feel ashamed in front of all his friends. Mm. And then this, for adults, they have too much on their mind. Yeah. So I felt it's not it's not good. It's, it's not the word. The good is not the word. It's like it's not. I don't know the word in English to describe that. But it's it's not worth put the put the guys on that on that kind of thing. Right. Know? Yeah. They because in a comp when they win or lose, they have the support of the team. Yeah. There they feel they they burn their own their own selves. You know. Like, mm. Oh. I don't have support of my own team because the guy, you know, yeah. and they see the French team for the other, uh, right, and then yeah. they feel like, you know, I, that's what I felt, and then I, I cut it because mm. kids is okay. Yeah, kids, the parents just screen the kids are getting focused <laughs> on the fights. By the end, they don't know exactly. They just feel the pressure of people watching, and they, they improve with that. Do you find the kids are like more or less competitive than the adults, or do they? Do they approach it from more from a it's just fun kind of aspect or where do they come it's, from? It's relative. Man, there's a few kids, they their minds on the moon. They are here, but their soul is somewhere else. <laughs> you know? And there's kids, they cannot lose. Right. They lose, they cry, they shut down. So I don't know if it's really the kids are more competitive, but kids kids you can you can adjust. You can tell them like, look, you should not cry every time you lose because 50% of the best, best fighters in the world lose in the first round when it comes. Mm. It's just, you know, it is normal. Right. What you need to do is training to not lose the next one. Mm. 
but adults adults they are competitive a few just come for fitness and then there's a lot of a lot of situations so i don't think you can get a, a com compare kids and adults in terms of competition because people people come here for self-defense for fitness and for the sports the ones who's got the sport they want to compete they are high competitors the one who just come for self-defense they just want to chill mm. they want to learn they not saying they don't fight properly they fight properly but it's not they go win yeah it's learn and the guy's fitness is just and there's the social like oh, big yeah. richard yeah he likes to come here do his training but he likes to the environment to talk to people to chill with their friends yeah so this kind of guy he competes he competes there was really surprised he did really well he he went there he competes he's like oh this is not for me fair enough i always tell them you need to do one competition you need to do one competition because sometimes you need this spark. sometimes you realize that's not for you and then i respect the mm. first one you need to do it after that it's up to you i don't push anyone do you think um learning how to lose is also a big part of jiu-jitsu how to lose nah as in learning that it's kind of like when you get tapped out it's also okay like you don't need to be depends yeah in comps no in in comps i don't believe losing comps is a good thing oh well not maybe learning how to use but learning to lose the fear of losing now that's you learn on the on the training mm. that's why training is for i believe every single mistake you need to do you need to do on the mats every single try you need to do on the mats people say oh, i need to have fun in the comps i don't believe you need to have fun in the comp comp you go to win if it's fun like you but you go to win you, you don't pay like registration fees and everything to have fun the the daily fun must be on your training when you try your bedding bolos your you know flying triangles <laughs> You try something really weird and then some work, the guy pass your guard and submit you. That's fine. Here at the gym, that's your trial, that's where you have fun, that's where you need to lose, to tap. Here. Mm. Here you need to do all the mistakes possible. Through those doors, you cannot have mistakes anymore. You know, that's why this is the training center. There is a competition. Competition you need to go. And do what you need to do. And again, 50% of the best in the world will lose on the first one. It's not, it's not about, it's not about sore lose. Someone needs to lose. Yeah. Some, a lot of people will lose. You like or not, get over, you know. And since you're white belt, you lose to move on in jiu-jitsu when you tap. Because that's going to happen for the rest of your life. Being on the mat can happen can happen that story of like oh a white belt cannot tap a black belt so is i don't believe that because sometimes you walk around you know you show your this is your sewer training center your laboratory where you need to find out stuff yeah you know if you if you're a black belt and you're trying to do a lasso guards you know and the guy's really good in a foot lock your foot there and then he gets you boom well, you know the only way to learn is trying. It's not because you're a black belt. It means you know all the techniques. It's you need to develop. Of course, 
there's a lot of things involved. I'm not saying all the white belts are trapped, right? But I'm just saying exist situations where you just get trapped. Yeah. Doesn't matter the belt. Hickson say the belt just protects two inches of your body. The rest is you. <laughs> you know, if you walk around with your kids, boom, they, they hurt you. Marcelo, my professor, he came to a seminar here. Yeah. Alisa, I think you saw Alisa. Yeah. The, the ginger girl. Yeah. She's, man, she trains, she trains every single day, kids and adults. She do uh, strength and condition. She's a weapon for her age and weight. And Marcelo was walking around with her. Yeah, my professor. He's a legend, man. He's a beast. He let him, like, he walk around, she lock a triangle. He, he was walking around, lock a triangle. And then what happened? He tried to escape. He tried to escape. One, two. She started to squeeze. Three. He could not escape. He that man. <laughs> and he looked at me. Man, I almost sleep. <laughs> so you're going to tell the guy, he's like, he doesn't know jiu-jitsu. Man. <laughs> doesn't matter who you are. That's the beauty of jiu-jitsu. Doesn't matter who you are, how long you have been training. You end up in a bad position. Ah, you're going to get that. Yeah. Speaking of like how long you've been training, you started out back home in Brazil, right? 15. Yeah, at the age of 15. 15 years old, yeah. I started now at 33, so this year complete 18. Wow. Um, tell me what it's like kind of growing up in Brazil. Oh, for someone that doesn't know Brazil at all, like just paint the picture. Brazil, well, I training, when I started training, I training with Tozzi. And then he was, they keep Tozzi and then Roberto Tozzi. Went to Gustavo Falciroli, my first professor. And then I went to Renato Nato. All of them was Tozzi, right? And I, man, we are talking 15, 2000. You, I don't know if you guys heard about, but there is like the Peach Boys. The Beach Boys? Peach. Peach Boys, like Peach Bull Boys. They, they just go to parties to fight. Okay, right. So right, that yeah, was yeah. when I started training Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> There's these guys. And then we have this. In Brazil, the gym was not, not friendly. It's like, I'm from this gym, you are from the other, man. I hope our cross never, <laughs> you know, that our path not cross each other because the gods of jiu-jitsu will push us to fight, you know, like something like this. And then, man, I always training. I was training, 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 training because I was like, man, I want to be the people of the gym, right. you know. I like the feeling when I walk to the gym, the guy like, man, did you see who came here training today? Oh, today will be a hard training. <laughs> Because I had a good family in Brazil, so I just went to the uni and training. Before school, training. I finished school, I went to school 7 to 12.30, and then 2 to 9 p.m. on the gym training. Uh, like, on the on the leg of my professor, like, oh, can you teach me this? Can you do that for me? Oh, how do you do this? Like, un until... 15 to 21, when I got my first job, I training, I don't know, as much as I could. Mm. I got all the trains possible. And then I feel like, oh, I'm not good in takedowns. And then I started to do judo. And then it started the, you know, build be fashion, do MMA. And then my professor's like, oh, you should do MMA too. And then I started to do MMA. And then I, I do, 
I do jiu-jitsu every day, judo three times a week, and kickbox three times a week, and Sunday is just MMA. Oh. Yeah. I do not yeah. have anything else to do. Yeah. Well, how, how does jiu-jitsu compare to like the other big sports in Brazil, like soccer and football? Yeah. Uh, soccer is yeah. the biggest. Yeah. Soccer is the biggest because the amount of money involved. You can change your life in soccer. You play in um, every team, you do big money. Right. But jiu-jitsu, you can be in a big team, you're going to do poor money. Right. That's the truth. Yeah, yeah. You don't, do, you don't leave for jiu-jitsu because you want to be rich. And, you know, you do the jiu-jitsu because it's a lifestyle you cannot get off of, of that. It's addictive. Hmm. And does everyone kind of know what jiu-jitsu is there? Because like, we, we had a guy that you know, came down yesterday and you're like telling him like what jiu-jitsu is. And like, he was like, have you heard of jiu-jitsu? And he's like, no. Have <laughs> you heard of the UFC? He's like, no. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, no it's, I understand because we are in a little small city mm. in the middle of nowhere. Right. Towns is not a big city. So people still hunt pigs, you know, yeah. bow and arrow. We did that too. Go on the bush, camping, swim on the river, get eaten by crocs. <laughs> it's true, you know. Like, so I, it's, it's normal. They don't watch much TV here. To be honest, I can't remember the last time I watched TV. I remember. Townsville has a, a huge flood, maybe three months ago. Four months ago, six months ago, and that's when I was watching TV to see, like, oh my God, what's happening, you know. But a part of that, my TV is just to play my games, you know. <laughs> so far, but does ever like, <laughs> is it the same in Brazil? Like, if you go out to like some of the more rural areas, ah, uh, no. In Brazil, Pride UFC was like Sunday afternoon. Okay, so like it's, uh, yeah. family family entertainment. <laughs> they put Pride in UFC for you watch before. Right. Okay. Super catch is like a WWF from Brazil. Right, okay. So it's, it's a little bit different. Yeah. And when you were before you started jiu-jitsu when you were like a really little kid, what did what did you want to be when you were growing up? I have no idea. This is like a long time ago. But one thing I always told my mom, I would like to be a citizen of the world. So okay. a, a guy who travel everywhere mm. and be everywhere. Without like frontiers or barriers, just go. Yeah. And I did pretty well that. <laughs> you know, I went to United States, Mexico, uh, Holland, Australia. And you so, said you went to university as well? Yeah, I did uh, international business and logistics. Oh, right. I did two units. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of kind of kept with that international type feel when you, <laughs> from yeah. when you were a kid going to uni. I, I, you know, I uh, DHL. The freight forwarder? Uh, I think, yeah, yeah. I work yeah. there. Uh, I work at uh, FedEx here in Australia, Panopina, uh, Daxer. Mm. Daxer is the biggest freight forwarder company in, in Europe. But again, man, the only thing who always keep with me was Jiu-Jitsu. Mm. You know? Yeah. It, there's a passion and that's what you need to do to live. One day, my passion make me live. You know, that's, that's the best thing. So you, you travel around quite a bit, but have you noticed there's, um, is there anything about Brazilians or Brazilian culture that you find is quite different to re the rest of the world where you've traveled? Oh, we are pretty chill. Chilled out. Yeah. Like I feel everyone is really stressed. You know, we are more 
okay, you know, like good. <laughs> we are more welcome. More welcoming. Yeah, like even I don't know you, but you look nice. You know, like nice person, mm. good vibe, man. You are welcome. I, if you want to go to my house, you know, stay there, have a barbecue. For me, yeah. it's fine. Uh, and people yeah. here is more like, oh, I don't know you. Even if they know, but you're not their friend, they always like push you away. Yeah. Here is Brazilians are more like, if you go to Brazil and the guy's like, come home, man. What are you, what are you doing? You want to go home? Let's go. Yeah. So they bring you to your house, to their house, you know, and then stay there, meet the family. Stay with the family. You belong to the family. Mm. You can open the fridge. You take, you know. <laughs> that reminds me of a story. I, I was interviewing um, uh, Fernando, who owns the uh, Gracie Baja in, in Phuket in Thailand. Yeah. And I was asking, and he's from Brazil, and I was asking him a similar question. And he was saying how he thought it was strange when he got he came to England to do a lot of his jiu-jitsu and stuff. And he thought it was really strange how um, his girlfriend, who was English, was like, you can't just go and show up to someone's house here. You've got to like call them up and see if I can come over and stuff. And he's like, fucking Brazil, I just show up and just they welcome me in and stuff. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, that's true. So sometimes you, you say, Brazil, you want to visit someone and just go there. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm not doing, doing anything. <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of times in Brazil, my fr I went to visit my friend and he wasn't there. And I chose the parents, you know, like it was their parents there. And sometimes it's left on the sofa and then he arrived and I was like, oh man, it's too late. I need to go. Man. Really tired. <laughs> and then man, that's, that's like normal. Yeah. Uh -huh. here, here it is. Man, if you do that, they look at you like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> you are a weirdo, you know? Sweet. Yeah. That's again, it's you become a family. Yeah. You know, and that's what I want to bring to to the guys. If you if you're training, you training here, you could feel you belong to that place. Yeah. You know, you feel welcome. Like everyone is like, hey, you know, they don't know how long you have been here, but it feels like you're here forever. Mm. You know. Do you think that's um, one of the uh, really good things about Gracie Baja in general, or is that jujitsu wide? Or I think is the the head of the gym. The, build the culture. Mm. You know, you cannot build something you're not you're not you're not part of. You know, because I'm teaching them every day. I'm speaking them every day. So they will pick my my way. You know, and then you are a reference of something. Mm. But yeah, if you see most of the Brazilians leads the gym, so we want to spread that culture of everyone, not just a few. Everyone, right? Doesn't matter. What I love about Grace Baja is like this. Doesn't matter how much you have in your bank account. Here you're gonna use the simple gi. You're gonna wear, you're gonna sit on the mat, you're gonna respect the rules as everyone else. Doesn't matter if you have a Ferrari or, or you know, walk. You are the same. Mm -hmm. And that's, we have this situation. We have a guy who was like recovering for, what's the name, for the prison. He, he got released and he came training here. And you have one of the most richest guy in town. They train together. Because by the end, they're fighters. Doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl, you're a fighter. You, you, read, you wear the red shield. You lose your identity. You're just a fighter. And you will be respected by the actions on the mats and outside that. You know, you need to be a better person.
Otherwise, you're going to be always the white belt without stripe. Grace Baha, teacher, is not just be good in Jiu-Jitsu. You need to have a good behavior. And that's the difference of culture of other gyms. Because right. they try to do something different, but they, they forget the essential. You know, the Jiu-Jitsu family creates, the Grace family creates Jiu-Jitsu. On top of family, be together, mm. you know. So Gracie Barra keep that. Just get the story of Gracie Barra, the slogans. Uh, organize as a team, fight as a family, you know. Jiu-Jitsu for everyone. He always wants to get people close together because we know, man, you you, you cannot you cannot move mountains by yourself. Mm. But if you have enough people. You can do everything. Is that why kind of Gracie Baha has been so important to you and why you've been so loyal to it? Those kind of family values and stuff like that? Or? No, Gracie Baha is important because when I came to Australia, I was lost. Man, I didn't speak English. Oh, really? I speak other languages, but not English. I came here to learn. And it's a pretty much a shock when you leave go to somewhere where you don't speak a language. The first, my first experience in English in Australia was I went to McDonald's, number one. That's the only thing I say, number one. And the girl asked me to hear it to go. And I panic and I just walk away, like almost <laughs> running, starving. And I didn't get the lunch, and I didn't get anything. Just because I panic. Right. You know, this is, this is. And then Murillo, you met Felipe yesterday. Murillo was yeah. his partner. Will say, uh, I put it uh, on Facebook like, oh, guys, I'm new in, I, was in, I was in Sydney. I'm new in Sydney. You know, like, I'm a brown belt in Jiu-Jitsu. Man, we have a job or we need some help. And Will say, oh, come here. I don't have a job, but, you know, yeah. we see what we can do for you. I was at GB St. Petersburg. GB St. Petersburg. And then, man, I stayed there. Murilo, Murilo helped me. Will really help me with everything. I applied for a job in Guntry. Guntry is like a website yeah. in Australia. And when I, they send the money for my account, like I was silly, I didn't, never had that in Brazil. Right. And then I, I send the money to my account, they froze in my bank account. Oh. And then I didn't have any money. Yeah. So Murilo is like, Murilo feed me pretty much. He's like, oh man, because I have like $500 in cash. And I just buy grapes and cereal because it was $2. And then I thought it's going to release my money. And then I was trying to do that until I get paid because I work as um, demolition. So I need to wait, get paid, and they pay like monthly. And then that month I just work, I just eat grapes and cereals. It was like, Murilo helped me because I was weak. I lost yeah. 22 kilos in a month Whoa. just with grapes and cereal. Jeez. And demolition, man, just, is just seven to five breaking walls with hammer. Oh, looks prison, prison, prison work, you know? <laughs> prison fit after that. <laughs> but, you know, th th that month was tough. And Murilo, and then I don't, I sleep on Murilo's toilet <laughs> because I was so tired. Sometimes I went, get changed, have a shower, get changed, and hit my head on the, on the tiles and just pass, wake mm. up like 11.30. You should go home. 
So it was um, Gracie Baja St. Peter's the first Gracie Baja you went to? or Yeah. You, okay. It was really close to home. Mm. Like really close. It was 40 minutes walking. All right. <laughs> you know, and then that's what I did. And yeah. then Murillo gave me a bike and then I biked. Oh, uh, nice. So, so is that, that's why you're kind of loyal to GB because how much sleep and stuff helped you? Yeah. You need to be loyal to people. Gracie Baja is a symbol. Mm. What makes Gracie Baja special? People, you know, what makes something special is not is not a symbol somewhere. A symbol somewhere means nothing. Right. People who belong to that symbol are important. Right. And, and I'm loyal to people, to Marcelo, to my professor, to Murilo who helps me. For those guys, like you know, I I'm loyal to them. Right. Okay. So it's the people that you want to be loyal to, not just the the symbol. Okay, let's like imagine like this. Take Gracie Barra, put the same guys in another symbol. You're gonna change something. Mm. Yeah, you know, you're not. Those guys, because you follow people who have the same thoughts as you. Right. Yeah. So same thoughts and values and stuff. You like know. That. So those that symbol represent those guys you know and by the end you are you you live for those with surrounded by people and those guys are the special you know is they are special for me and then i won't i won't let them know because when i needed they were there good times and bad times so i'm loyal to them grace baja have those guys and then i'm loyal to grace baja and them mm. of course if they they choose another path I will choose my one, and my one is the ideas of Grace Bar. Right, I get you. Tell me about how you ended up meeting, um, you know, Professor uh, Marcelo. How I met Marcelo? Yeah, what was that meeting like? Murilo, Murilo, I was in St. Peter's, and then Murilo said, man, this guy, he's like, man, the best fighter ever. He's like, man, I can't explain, you need to spy him. <laughs> And I was like, God, Murilo, there's no such a guy like that. He's like, oh, <laughs> no, no, you need to go there. I go, man, you got smash. Yeah. In a bad way. And I was like, well, I need to learn a lot. And where was his gym? It was on his gym, a headquarters in Sydney. Okay. And then I was like, this is, this is amazing. I was impressed. And a nice thing. I never saw a guy bring so much vibe to the class. He pump, he's around you, the vibe is up. He make white belt becomes blue belt just to screen them then. He's my inspiration <laughs> to do my classes. You know when I, you know you pump the guys? See, so bringing lots of energy because... Oh, I think I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, 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 that's what I like to do. I like to bring my energy, my good energy to the class. That's what I learned from him. See him and he inspires me, and then I want to be like him because it's a man, it's, it's good. Mm -hmm. I want to have his jujitsu and his vibe because this is good, man. This is, this is what I feel like. That's what I want from me. Mm -hmm. And then I started to go there. I went there for a while. I teach at headquarters a few times because he said, Oh, if you, if you want to be a jujitsu instructor, I, I don't know you. You need to come here and show me. I was like, Man. You'll be proud of me. <laughs> of course I will. 
and then I started to teach there. I teach for like a week or two, and then I moved to Downsville to to do this mm. to be a proper coach. Was it um, was that your kind of first experience of being like teaching a regular class? So had you done that no, before? That was my second. The first one, the first one. You know the UFC gym? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. So I teach at the UFC gym for like a year. Cause they pay ridiculous good, <laughs> you know. And then I was like, well, I need that money. Yeah. So I teach, I teach MMA and uh, jujitsu for kids and adults. Mm. And that I have, a, I have a chance to train with like Michael Bisping there. Oh, nice. Uh, Joanna. You and JJ. Yeah. Yeah. I train with her. There's a lot, of, a lot of other fighters there. That was like a good experience. I had a seminar. Oh, nice. With the guys. Yeah. Tell me, uh, I want to hear about how you got your black belt, but before that, is there any really memorable belt promotions that you have? I think the blue belt, man. You're getting your blue belt. Tell me that story. Oh, <laughs> because you, it's the feeling. It's mm. the feeling like you are white belts. And you're giving your blood, your 150% every single day. You you feel your soul is getting drained every end of class. There's no more energy. And it's like, it's not enough. Why not me? Why, why, why? This is the question when you doubt yourself. It's like, oh man, I need to train more. I need to do 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 more. And then one day I was like, exhausted i just like exhausted and my professor my professor is like took my belt my white belt and he's like oh man you know let's go put your belt and then i was looking for my belt <laughs> and he's like hang a blue belt somewhere for me <laughs> and like, that's your belt and then i was like where no no that is your belt and then i'm looking for my white belt <laughs> And he's like, no, 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 it's that one. And then, you know, and he's like, oh, oh, that's mine. You know, that, they're serious, that's mine. He's yeah. like, yeah, man, well done. And then everyone knew, and then like, hey. <laughs> and then I was like, ah. And then I feel like I'm the king of the world. Right. I look big guys on the streets, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> I can be there now. <laughs> oh. You're talking about when I was 16, 17. Yeah. 17. And then... You know, what do yeah. expect? You're like, me looking to people, the big fellas, <laughs> and I was like, I can take this guy now. <laughs> I felt man, that day, I could beat everyone. <laughs> My white belt, I hang at the gym now. Yeah. It's, um, 18 years old. Yeah. And you kept that with you all, all since Brazil? Mm. But no, I got the signatures and my brother, my brother sent to me. Ah, right. That's cool. Oh, who has the white belt? Which black belt has their white belt? Because people don't know. They think you're born like this. Right. Uh, uh, so that's why you have it up. So to remind no. people that you're like... No, I think because, man, this is, this is how it started. Mm. How it started, what 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 I am now, I belong to them. The mats, the hard work, it's mine. But you're not made just of good days. 
those guys help me on the bad days. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone pairs the life with good things and bad things, good experience and bad experience. They were there for me, you know. When you now promote someone to Blue Belt, does it bring back that memory of, because you promoted someone last night? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Does no, it- I, like, I like to see them. They had, I say, look, I like to tell them, did you, did you prepare a speech? And the, yeah, man, I'm, I'm waiting, you know, like I have this speech. But yeah, I say, nice. And then when they go there, they cannot even speak half of the read on their chest. <laughs> look, the first thing Luke say when I give the blue belt to him, he was like, man, I could not speak what I thought. I, I'm, I'm weak preparing for <laughs> that. And I could not say, I didn't say anything. I was like planning for a week. Yeah. I want to say more. I was like, well, what did you say? I don't know. Uh, it's just that mixing of his memories of how much he worked hard for that. Yeah. And he's like, oh, give me my, give me my belt, you know, like, <laughs> put it here, put it here, put it here on my belt. And I was like, no, no, no. You need to. Now he, I want to see when he come back, when he come back, because he, he broke his tibia. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, the butt limp. yeah and then I, I promised him, say, look, you've been training for a long time, man. It's time, win that comp, and I give you the, I give you the bet. There's no more. I'm not. I'm not hold you. Mm. You're ready to the next level. And then he beat the comp, and then he hurt himself. Like he he won the comp on Saturday, and he hurt himself on Sunday playing rugby. And then he stayed like three months away. Oh. He break his toes or something like this. And then I was like, okay. And then he, two, two, four weeks ago, he said, look, there's another comp. I have two weeks to training. The comp will be in two weeks. I'm, I want to, I want to win. I say, well, come here every day. We respond at you. You don't, you know, we feel no energy every single day. So you have 14 days to compete. So you're gonna train in 10 days. On the last four, three days, you're gonna just light drills. He, he, he almost is built. I remember his first training there. I pushed him for like 50 minutes. And then Jack, Jack's like, I say, Jack, he will compete. You need to push him. You know, and Jack just like help, help him go through these barriers of fitness, you know. <laughs> he won. He won the competition, but he won on Saturday. We we came here have a lunch, and I thought like, oh, I will give the the belt for him, you know, you know. But I said no, it's better to wait to the class in front of everyone. Blah blah blah. He broke his chip on Sunday. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Man? I <laughs> said you're never gonna thing. get a blue belt like this. <laughs> you know, like I said, not that's it. You come, get your gi. Jumping on the mat, I will give you the blue belt. You know, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You, 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 you know. Yeah. If you can run to win a comp, you can run to keep up the other blue belts. Right. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be cool maybe one day for him looking back and he'll be telling the story of how he got his blue belt with a broken tibia. <laughs> like, oh man. He was, he's, he say he's two years as a white belt. You know, it's like, it's not about time, but he deserved before. He's just like, when he will get, he hurts, when he gets, he hurts, he's like, no, 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 no. 
there's no more excuse. Mm -hmm. You can be like in a wheelchair, we'll give you the blue belt today. Right, yeah. That's it. You're going to move on. But now, <laughs> now I want to see what he's, how he's going to be. Because he will push. He's, he's a man. He's, he likes to training. Mm. Yeah, I find a lot of the guys that are in the forces, um, they are really good competitors, you know, because they, they have that drive and they've got a good fitness. Mm. So it always seems to do quite well. Yeah, the, the, because the cardio for jiu-jitsu is just doing jiu-jitsu. And the guy is doing like this crazy amount of long sparrings. So their jiu-jitsu, you know, gets good faster. Yeah. It's, yeah. That I, I'm still learning how to teach and develop the guys. So it's a lot of research. It's a lot of... Mm. So is there quite a big difference between just being like a good jiu-jitsu practitioner, competitor, and being a good jiu-jitsu teacher? Oh, it's complete opposite. Because if you just compete, you don't need to teach anyone. It doesn't matter if people learn from you or not. It's not your problem. Mm. You, need to, you need to learn and close your gaps and develop and keeping submit people, you know? That's the truth. If you are a competitor, you don't need to teach. But when you become an instructor, it doesn't matter how good you are, you need to teach. You need to make them, them learn. How are you gonna, you know, like, embarrass you to have a brown belt who doesn't know how to do an armbar from close guard? You know, you can be the, the best guy in the world if you don't know how to pass your knowledge. You're not gonna do anything. Mm. So, an instructor for me is getting much is much harder than be a competitor. For when I go competition, for me it's my heaven. Man. You know, not don't get me wrong. I love to teach and coach, but when I the competition, I don't need to think about anything. I don't need to think about if the guy, you know, if I will bump someone, because if I bump someone and hurt, it hurts a student of mine. I don't need to think if the guy don't tap and I hurt them, they will, you know, like they will stay three months without training. It's not my call, it's their call. I don't need to concern about, if, you know, other people are doing. It's my, you know, like my time to, Rest. I feel so much in peace when I'm competing because I don't have any any of those thoughts. It's just me. And for like the last years, it's just being them. And it feels like, oh, that's, that's a really pleasure feeling. Me and this guy here, I just need to fight, do the best as I can. I don't need to care. There's someone watching everyone, you know? Yeah. It's, that's what I feel like when I'm competing. How, how many times have you competed, do you think? In Australia? Oh, just, just uh, oh, I don't in, know. In over Bra the years? I have no idea. In Brazil? Every week? Brazil is like every week. Every week somewhere. <laughs> so we're talking hundreds, hundreds of times? Oh, yes. No, not, I don't know, hundreds. Yeah, maybe. But... Uh, the biggest one I bought, I bought, I won the national, like Brazilian national comp, oh. state comp a few times. 
When you were doing those first comps, did you feel quite nervous then? Oh, yeah, man. I cried like a baby the first comp when I lost. <laughs> Could not even speak. I was like, this guy beat me five points and what I'm gonna I trained so hard. And my professor almost let my head and like, what are you doing? You know, like, pull yourself together. Yeah. Those guys, their kids here, they handle much better and lose than me, you know? I was a sore lose. I'm sure. Also lose. I don't like to lose, <laughs> but now I handle better because I need to be the example, right? You know, and then it's like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I lost, I accept that because you know, but it still gets on my mind. You know? So, because <laughs> it's still, I, I like to compete, but it's I have a boss who doesn't let, allow me to compete, you know. <laughs> As you heard before, <laughs> you know, but yeah. Do you, uh, I know you were saying earlier, you think your students could, should compete at least once. Um, do you ever kind of give your students a nudge to do that? A nudge? A nudge, like a, a little push. Yeah, I, I tell her, you want to complete this call? It's like, oh, I don't know. So do your registration, then you will find out. <laughs> so you just tell them to do oh, it. Yeah, because... <laughs> They are scared, you know, when yeah. people are scared, they, they always find excuse. And then when you push them, they had that shock, like, oh, and then they will compete and then mm. they compete. And the best thing is there's a comp here on 21st of July. It's my birthday, always on 21st of July. Yeah. And then I was like, the last, last, last year, I say I want a 30, 32, 32 medals. Oh, wow. I told the guys at the, at the yeah. gym, it's like, I want 32 medals. <laughs> it's like, uh, have you seen Inglorious Bastards? Man, 32 it's medals. Like, I want my next Nazi scouts. <laughs> I want my medals. <laughs> I want, and the guy's like, oh, oh, I say, I want 32 medals. Everyone. Are you telling me? 80% of the comp was us. <laughs> everyone showing up. Uh, it's just 80% of the comp was us. And then, we got 37. It was like, I'm not that old, man. Just, <laughs> Come on, guys, slow it down a bit. Yeah, yeah like, right, you can lose now because I just got 32. But that was the deal. I was like, yeah. and then what I do to kids is I give my medal to you. You need to give me back one, the same color or a bow or you are in trouble, man. <laughs> So they so if they give you my medal, you need to win a comb or give the same color a bow, mm. and then you need to give another medal to someone. And did you, did someone has someone done this? Like one of your professors in the past done yeah. this to you? Yeah. Who taught you that? Nato. Uh. So Nato always hang the like he gives the medal, he mm. competes, give the medal, and then look, that's fine. You need to give me. My medal back, not my medal. So you need to win and give your medal to me, and you give some medal to someone, and this guy needs to keep. Right. And, then, and then you force people because if you have the medal, you need to compete. Yeah. That works beautiful for kids. Not a few because there's a few kids they they keep your medal. They want to <laughs> keep, keep your medal, their medal, and they want to <laughs> give any other medal. It's like no, no. That's that's when they need to. Yeah. That's when they grow. That's nice because then you say like, you know. You need to give the medal. Mm. You cannot keep all of them. No, but I want that. This is, this is not the rule. 
Do you think a certain part of your job as a coach now is to push people out of their comfort zones, not just teach them jiu-jitsu techniques? I think my, my job now is not push them away from the comfort zone. It's help them to achieve whatever they want. Jiu-jitsu help you to achieve whatever they want. That's the main thing. Jiu-jitsu is a tool to achieve something bigger. I don't know what's your dream, but I know training and being here will be easier because you have a better state of mind. And when you get like a better state of mind and people around you who wants to help you, then you will achieve just a matter of time. Mm. That's pretty much what I believe in. Tell me about um, getting your black belt then. Oh, Grace Bar has these Grace Bar awards. Yeah. Yes, and the, receive the black belt is easy. You just go there, you do your speech for like 400 people, you know, in a microphone. The professor gives the belts. But I think the transition to brown to black is painful. Mm. It's painful for two reasons. First, you start to hunt every single black belt. You don't care about anyone else. <laughs> you don't care if the purple belts destroy you, the blue belts get you, the white belts, you know, annoy you. You just want the black belts. You want to prove it to yourself, like, I'm on the same level as you. Mm. And then you start to training, 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 training. So I was training, I was competing the worlds as a brown belt. So I was training, training, man, like a crazy. And then I blow my shoulder, my, my pectoral. My, the first head of the bicep, the pectoral and the shoulder. And then I stay one year, pretty much, without training. And the year I, I, I hurt my, my shoulder on like September, in December I will get my black belt. Mm. So I stay one year without training. Then myself say, look, you need to train, <laughs> otherwise you're not gonna get anything. And then, man, and then I start to push again. It took me like two years to do the first push up, because it's not just heart; it's the rehabilitation, and then, you know, like short movements. The doctors say you never lift weights or do jiu jitsu again. You know, like oh, you all know me. <laughs> you know? And then I, you know, forcing training, and then. Oh, that was more a victory of superation than the black belt for me represents what I've been through mm. and everyone who helps me. You know, then I understand why Hickson says you just cover two inches of your, your body, the black belt. is the max, max goal, but when you go there, when you are there, you feel like I'm still white belt. <laughs> oh, I went to find like Orlando Sanchez, Romulo, Braulio, and I feel like those guys are much higher. Sure, sure, is a white belt. If you mm. think he's 16 years as a black belt, I just got my black belt. So if you get by time, I'm still a white belt and he's still a black belt. Yeah. It's just like the level is so... Yeah, I remember one of my professors, Mike, saying... I don't know if he was just being humble or not. I think I was like a three-stripe white belt at the time. And he was just saying, um, we were just in the queue. We were doing uh, like um, specific specific training. Um, and Victor was on the mat. And uh, we were just watching him. 
I spoke around Mike and I was in the, in the queue next to Mike and he just goes, there's probably a smaller gap between me and, sorry, me and you, T, than there is between me and Victor. Like, even though I'm just a white belt and Mike's a, you know, black belt for a, for a yeah, it's pretty, year it's or pretty. so. Yeah. You know what was funny? I was in Sydney and then it was my professor, Marcelo, and then Roger was there too. Mm. And then he was, Roger was warming up. That's when I got a few chips from close guard. He just helped me there for, like for 30 minutes. Yeah. But the funny part is I was talking to Marcelo. And then Marcelo said, hey man, Marcelo, did you spar in Roger? Yeah, man. Why? He's so, up, so high of me. <laughs> and then I looked to him like with this, what I am then? I'm no one then. Yeah. It's like, I see you like, oh man, you are so above. How long I need to train to get close? <laughs> and then you look to your professor, and your professor looks to someone like, oh man, <laughs> yeah. you are so above. <laughs> and then I feel like, you know, the sun and the people, like the distance. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was pretty disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> but after training with Roger, I, I was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Imagine a hundred kilos guy moving like a, 30, like a little kid, no, it's just like when he moves, there's no pressure, it's just speed, and then 300 kilos fall on you, and then like, oh, it's, I can take pressure, but man, that's, hmm. that was ridiculous. You uh, you mentioned yesterday that your game revolve is it's mainly like a pressure game. Yeah, ah, I got like, my cell game is pressure. You need to, you, you know, you get guys who spawn with, and then you see, and then, you know, I always get good movement, but always having too trouble with people because they move too, you know, if you don't have, they have too much freedom, they move it quite easily, and then they always find gaps, you know, and then escape and blah, blah, blah. And then I was Orlando, you know, Orlando Sanchez. I've heard the name. Yeah, he's ADCC. He's gonna compete with ADCC. He fought on last year. He has the like, like that with uh, Grand Nation in his yeah. face. Yeah. I was training for him, and then he's like, "Man, I could not do anything." I was like, "Man, teach me that pressure. How to do that pressure?" Mm. And he gave me tips how to adjust my body to keep on that pressure. The points where I need to looking for. And how I developed that, man, changed my game. And doesn't matter who you fight with. If you fight with pressure, it doesn't matter who you fight, the size of your opponent. If you know how to put pressure on people, you're gonna be always heavy, always heavy, you know? And then my change changed completely, man. I don't, even when I'm not putting much weight, it's too heavy. Yeah. You know? It's part of me yesterday. You know, I can guarantee it's, it's was heavy. Yeah, yeah. Because just the way, the way you move is always heavy. And then Braulio helped me a lot. That position, when, you know, like, you put the legs between the legs and open, and then, you, you know, the guys just cannot breathe. It's just, oh, right. yeah, yeah. it's just like, Braulio, man, Braulio stay at home. 
there like explaining this and blah 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 was really cool. Pressure and mm. pressure is the key of jiu-jitsu. I have this, I always teach my students three things in jiu-jitsu you need to learn. Grips, pressure, and angle. If this is the key for whatever you want to do it, if you have the right pressure, the right angle, and the right grips, you're gonna break someone. You know, like you don't need to be strong, you don't need to be fast, you just need to have grips, pressure, and angle. That's the key. Mm. If you think about Jiu Jitsu, what is Jiu Jitsu? Grips, pressure, and angle. Why you say cut the angle? Just because then you have a better base, better blah, 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 blah. It's just, you know, you can hold some arm straight and then you can tilt a little bit and that's make completely different. You know, your body, when you get your posture, when you lean your body back and forward, the amount of weight you transfer to the opponent make completely different again. The position of your shoulder, when you open your chest, instead you contract. All of this, all of this change game. You know, but you need to you need to get someone who teach you that mm. because sometimes you do but you don't realize, and then some some people just do it and then they have full you know thoughts about like oh yes that's exactly what I do and that's Braulio Braulio helped me with this this is the smart training the laboratory he does when when someone do something really uncomfortable on you try to understand and ask him to do later it's like can you do that again and then until you understand why someone comes to you. Because then you can copy. Right. If, you, if someone comes to you, I can guarantee it will be uncomfortable for a lot of people. Hmm. That's a good question, actually. For, for you, when you feel like you're progressing fastest in jiu-jitsu, um, do you have or to progress faster in jiu-jitsu? Do you have to take like an active learning role to like, or is it okay just to keep showing up to class? Or do you think you should but be? You have goals. Hmm. You, can, you can show up. And just have the automatic button. I mm. go there, sweat. Right. But it, you go there, having goals make you improve. Okay. And then, and are those goals like, oh, I want to get good at this position and then just focus on that? Or what, what kind of goals yeah, do you mean? That's, well, I can talk about Grace Bar. We have weekly trainings. Yeah. Positions. So why, why the weak position is back and you're going to try and mount? Mm. Develop. Develop like, don't let the guy, if you, you are missing all the time, retention, you know, recover and submission. That, that's only. So this is the three steps. If you don't have a re good retention, you got the guys always escape. And when you miss, you need to learn how to recover quickly to keep the position more in time. That's when you improve. If you have a good retention and a good uh, recovery, you want to get submission. Submission is just a matter of time and opportunity. Mm -hmm. So people try to do submissions without a good retention. So they are trying a submission, the guy just escape and then they miss everything and end up in a bad position. So you need to keep the good retention, develop the good retention, because if the guy cannot escape, this is just a matter of time. People want the submission, but don't understand submission is a consequence of everything. You don't tap someone lucky is a consequence so you, the guy gets stuck in a bad position and then you develop you get the angle you adjust adjust getting tight and then it's you know it, then 
Usually the submission when you go for a submission, there is two or three submissions in the same spot you could you choose. You know? So it's just some it's just a consequence. So if you want to develop close guard, what do you need to do? Close your guard. The guy's cave, recover, close your guard. Close the guard. Of course you're gonna get good. And then of course go to your professor. Oh look. I cannot hold my guard like this. What I could do? If you if you go to ask someone like I cannot close my guards, well, it's impossible for anyone to explain if you just go for a random question like I cannot close my guard. Well, you cannot do this. You know, makes sense. Mm. So you need to you need to try and you need to have a goal because then you wanna have a specific questions. And then you see exactly where you struggle. And on your point of struggle, you find a question. You go for your professor and say, I'm having trouble exactly here. What's going to happen? You say, try like this. And then this is going to lead for a whole bunch of opportunities. And then you keep developing. Well, is that the kind of question you want to get from your students after class is finished? Or like, you know, during the class if we're doing that kind of move or... Yeah, always what, the, yeah I, what's like the questions you want to hear from your students? They, uh, as what, what I tell them is like, I tell them, don't come to me and say, I, I don't know anything. Because, so you don't know what, you don't know. I cannot help you. Uh, because people are lazy sometimes. They just want to like, I don't know anything. Oh, this is not work. What's not work? You know, it's work. Mm. This jujitsu, the techniques work. Why does not it work exactly? You know, show me. Oh, so they have, you have a good grip. Yes. Where is the, the angle? Good angle for your legs or arms, depending on what you do. That's yeah, good. You know, what is the pressure? Put the pressure in the right spots. Yes. So now let me see. And there's always a something missing. You know, like, it's not, it's not like, uh, no, nothing worked. So it's impossible not to work. Hmm. I like just I like when I say if you have a question for me, you need to say what where you struggle. Gives more detail and like hmm. some I think something you can actually answer instead of just Yeah, sometimes yeah. I look, sometimes I'm watching them do it and I say, Look, that's what you're doing. You know, even when you bridge, see I was playing the guys asking, instead you bridge over your shoulder, the guys are rolling sideways. How I know that if they hit the hip first, then the shoulder, you're not bridging, you're rolling. You know, that's, and then the technique doesn't work because the guy's gonna hit the hip first and the hip's heavy. So you're not gonna roll and don't, you don't escape from mouse. You know, that's those kind of little details when I see, I explain. But, man, yes, it was 31 people on the mats. Yeah. So it's still one for 31. I get the other purple belt to help, but it's still 15. Yeah. So for each, we stay looking for people. It's too many. Mm. You know, you need to have a clear question. Yeah. Say, Why didn't work? Or how I can do that better? And then, like, what are the small details I need to know about this technique or something? Oh, no, yeah. Whatever yeah. question. Yeah. Oh, can I do what I can do from here? heaps of things that's yeah what do you like 
What do you, uh, I know you mentioned the curriculum a second ago, what do you find is good about the GB curriculum and what might you change if you had... Uh, Structure. You know, like, imagine like every single day you learn whatever I want from my brain. You know, whatever I want. So today, yesterday you learn mount position, today you learn foot locks. Well, why? I, I just think today I want to teach that. So you don't have time to assimilate your brain, don't assimilate things. When you have like a curriculum, the fundamental is essential because this is give you the base, you know, like the, the structure, like a house. The bottom of your house needs to be really solid, otherwise the, the top breaks. So the fundamentals class is the essential because teach you the basic, how to move your hips, how to control your body, how to learn the grips, get your grips strong. The warm-up is the basic because some guys come really with the unfit. So never did squats. You do 10 squats every day, 10 push-ups every day, then this. You get fit by time, long term. Yeah. And in terms of technique, everything in Grace Baja, you need to think like that. We have 800 schools, right? There are at least a hundred, hundred thousand. No, no, hundred thousand. If it is, okay, let's put 50,000 people from Grace Bar. It's a good number, 50,000 people. If you think, 2% of those guys are really smart, yeah? And they are 30 years developed the curriculum, 30 years developing the curriculum. That's why you see curriculum, 1.0, 2, 1.1, then yeah. goes and then 3. We are like 4 or 5 different along. So we change 50 times of, you know, something like this. People are trying to improve and getting better, you know? It's not like a, a guy who just wake up one day and decide. It's years, years of research. Do you know why the colors of the mats is that one? You think, why? Could be any color. Why that one? Because they invest a lot of money and time to decide why this is, must be like this. Why the layout of the jeans like this? Because they just, you know, like... Mm. Why the curriculum must be like that? Why this is the perfect timing? That why the splitting, warm up, technique, water break, you know? You wanna know. And then the best part, go to your home tomorrow, training today, go to your home tomorrow, and look on the internet what you, what you learned yesterday. Right, yeah. You know? Oh, oh you know, you can, Practice for the week ahead as well, you know. Oh, what's the mm. name? Take a picture of the curriculum. Yeah. Take a picture, look the name. Is there anything you would change about the curriculum? Like, is there any... any oh, I just did. Sparring time, I put more sparring time. <laughs> but this is because I don't have more time. <laughs> I like sparring. Yeah. You know, I like... I like sparring. 
and then if I could put more, I would put more sparring. Mm. But sparring is not part of the curriculum, it's a part of the daily. I cannot put sparring to 8.30 to midnight, you know, because <laughs> then I don't have anyone. I lose my boss. How do you feel about the differences between uh, gi and no gi? I love gi, but I'm a, my heart is on no gi. Really? Yeah. Wow. No gi is like primal. It just it feels a bit more raw, doesn't it? Oh, I know. It's primal, man. It's yeah. natural, you know, like human beings fighting human beings. No, nothing. Yeah. I prefer no gi. Yeah, like I think it's more brutal. Mm. You asking to? I like to compete. I like to this fights and stuff. So of course I will enjoy more. Yeah. Do you think you learn anything in nogi or that you don't learn in gi or vice versa? You learn how to attack in nogi. Mm. You learn how to defend in gi. You learn better. Better. You if you do training more nogi, you get your attacks will be much sharper. So that's why you need to train in Ogi. But the technique, the movement, the, the things essential for Jiu Jitsu learning Gi. Period. Mm. That's why we have people's like, oh, honey, you don't do much Nogi here. I say, yeah, that's fine. And then there's the guys who compete in Ogi here, compete in Ogi, just training Nogi once a week, beats all the guys. Why? Because the essential of Jiu-Jitsu is not on Nogi. The grips in Nogi is the same as in Gi, a part of the lapel. But we don't use much lapel here. You know, I'm not a lapel guy. Hmm. So don't, I teach sometimes, but not much. The grip on the collar, go to the neck. The, the sleeve, go to the wrist. The, the pants, go to the ankle. So don't change much. It's just really slippery. And then that's when I say that's more primal. You you need to attack. Your attack needs to be more. Your angles must be better. Your grips must be better. And your pressure needs to be on point. That's how you get people know you. Well, um, we'll start kind of wrapping this up, but I've still got a few um, questions for you. Yeah. Um, how do you feel? I found uh, a lot of the Brazilians I've spoke to have quite high regard for President uh, Bolsonaro, um, but a lot of the Western media like don't seem to like him a lot. What, what, what are your thoughts on him? Oh, I read a lot of, my, my dad is politician. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. So not the same of Bolsonaro, mm. he's against Bolsonaro. I read a lot and I'm with him, I'm with Bolsonaro, I think. He don't do anything silly. He's honest, corruption. But Brazil pays so much money for someone, for so much people, and they lose that money and they want that money back. So they try to, you know, talk so much bad stuff. Man. Oh, they say we want to save the Amazon and blah blah blah. If you are a little bit smart, don't need to be much. Get like because. Is the, the same in Australia. There is a period of the year gets really dry and then has fire, right? So go there and check the amount of fire and that in the years, and you see this year is not that bad compared to the previous year. 
Oh, really? It's just like, oh, you know, and then uh, two weeks ago, one week ago, they got people, they arrest people in the Amazon, like Aborigines in Brazil arrested people. They are putting fires on the, on the jungle just to, you know, because the previous president, Lula, he pays so much people. He has so much like, like a terrorist. And now he's, you know, trying to release him from the jail and then they do this silly stuff to mm-hmm. take this president down and blah, blah, blah. It's, I'm against corruption, right? And this guy, man, not Bolsonaro Lula, he's the worst. Yeah, I think like uh, quite a few of the last Brazilian presidents have faced corruption charges and stuff, haven't they? And gone to jail. Yeah, not a few, like all of them. All of them. For the previous 16 years. Hmm. I do you think the Brazilian people are just kind of sick of like the corruption oh, stuff? Man, I am. You know, I, I I believe if you if you they 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 prove they prove the guys got corruption. Mm. They shouldn't go like China. Yeah. You know, just send them away. Send them to China. You know what happens in China when you you are arrested by corruption? No. They kill they kill the guy. I think Oh really? Does it? <laughs> you can cut that. <laughs> but it's true. Like in China, I think the Yung Choi Joy there, Choi, the <laughs> perfect pronunciation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think his uncle was was caught, and they, they just executed the guy because they are they are stealing for the nation. Do you think it's funny? But they they got like no longer ago. They got they were stealing the food for kids in in public schools. The money for food for kids they were stealing. And there's people there who doesn't have food at home. Instead help. They are just stealing. They they destroy a a, a rose. Yeah? It took like seven years before millions and millions of years. And never was complete. So where this money goes? Mm. You know, like money who can and then you see people dying in hospitals because no medication, where the money goes? They're killing. Sometimes I feel like people was like, Oh, you know, she's against like, oh don't say that but you know, but they are killing millions of not millions, but a lot of people. A lot of people. They it's sixteen years. They're killing a lot, a lot of... Brazil is a really rich country. And they kill a lot of people because they think the money is their money, not the, the Brazil money. But, you know? It's just ridiculous. I don't mm-hmm. compete against what they're doing. I I think, you know, like, I like politics. I understand. Yeah. But, man, you, I'm against corruption. You, you choose to be a leader... And to do that, that's why it feels like, oh, this is complete again. I'm a complete against this, this thing. You know? mm. And I'm a fan for Bolsonaro. Yeah. Not, not everything. Like, I don't believe you should, you know, like, that sentence for everyone. These things, you know, I don't believe yeah. that kind of violence. But I believe, yes, you should not. When um, when you were growing up as a kid, was your dad a politician then as well? Yeah, my my dad for 
like a PSDB, it's like a socialist mm. stuff. Did you feel any pressure to be quite a good kid and not get into too much trouble? Or? No, no, I don't care. <laughs> you no, didn't care. I'm, a, I'm just I'm against him. I always send some shit. <laughs> you always oh. arguing. Yeah, you know my dad. My uh, my dad. My dad is funny because he's just like he's he's. I, I believe he's honest, right? Because he always sounds like I never had any thing to to don't believe that and he's from the environment engineer he's environment engineer as well and he found some some guys who was getting paid to cut some trees illegally <laughs> and then he went to and went to the cops went blah 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 and then he received like a a death threat and that's when he settled down a little bit. And then I was like, oh, this is the, this is the and then was, those are your friends that, you know, yeah. because it was PT's like working party, mm. the name of the, the party there for the politicians. It was the same polygamy as him. And then I was like, oh, those are your friends. They just tell they want to kill you. I'm like, oh. Don't tell your mom. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, don't tell my mom. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so scared, bro. I'm concerned. But, well, keep defending them. Yeah. But he's still against Bolsonaro. Right. Because Bolsonaro is uh, from the army. Yeah, yeah. He's captain in the army, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah and mm. my dad, my dad fought against the army like in 1960. Right, okay. When they had like this, uh, I don't know. Did did you do that? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know the word properly. Yeah, but my my dad fought, and then he thinks he's a rebel. He's too. <laughs> what do you think the best lesson that your dad's taught you? My uh, dad. Yeah. My dad always say to me, "You need to, you need to be honest. Man. You know, you need to whatever you do, you need to put your head on the pillow, and if you you need to wake up and stay happy. Mm. No. That's you need to really believe what you're doing is good. If you don't, if you have any kind of doubts about that, you don't do it. And it's, oh man, it's, it's, it's really easy to do wrong things and it's really hard to live, in, uh, you know, on your ideas, live right. Those days, I feel like every, everything, everyone tries to corrupt you somehow. You know, like sometimes take you, take you from the way. You need to, you need to stick. You want to pay the price, but by the end is your life and you want to sleep well, you know? Mm. That's, that's the, my dad always told me this and then that's what I believe. Um, what, what advice would you give yourself um, if you could go back to... Just do uh, jujitsu. Yeah. I haven't started that. <laughs> you go back to your five-year-old self, like, get in the gym. <laughs> no, just do jujitsu. Don't waste your time doing... What about in your jiu-jitsu career? Um, where where would you have you gone back to and said and giving yourself some advice? When would it be? When My I'm, career. Uh, yeah. Instead of waiting fifteen, we do it five. I always thought like I will do. Should what happened is my dad always say, "Oh man, fights are never gonna give you anywhere. You need to study. <laughs> you need to do this, and then I did uni. I did that. You know, 
Well, now I'm doing jujitsu. <laughs> I should not listen here. I just do my things. Because now it will be like, oh, jujitsu is better for me now. <laughs> you know? Um, last question. Uh, what's your favorite submission? My favorite submission is triangle. The triangle? I get triangles from everywhere. Yeah? Just standard triangle or is it inverted or what? Oh, just triangle. Doesn't matter. Just inverted triangle, it's easy yeah. for me. But uh, triangle in general. Triangle is... Because, man, if you break the arm, they fight. If you break the leg, they fight. Mm. But if you choke them, they get unconscious, they fight. So it doesn't matter who. Happy days. Happy days. <laughs> Man, it's been an excellent interview. Cheers, man. Hope you didn't say anything bad about, you know. No, <laughs> no I think you was all good, bro. But yeah, this, apart, these things of politicians, is one thing is really serious in Brazil those days. Yeah, it seems, um, seems really kind of prevalent. Uh, it seems like Brazilian po politicians have been in the news a lot in the last mm -hmm. few years and stuff. Right? Yeah, it's getting, getting, getting serious. But yeah, thanks for doing this and, uh, I'll have to do it again sometime, hopefully, from back in Townsville. Yeah, man.